0: Blue Wire. Iguodala to Curry,
1: back to Iguodala. Up to the left. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again.
0: The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some rhythm. And he got it. Young roll. continues to wear him out. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Uh, We're doing a bit of a random special edition podcast here. Uh, My vacation to Cleveland along with BlizzCon for Carter has made recording a little difficult, so we're recording on Friday night here. Carter will do a, a solo pod at some point next week, and then we'll be back to our regular recording schedule. But with me today is the big boss man himself from Fear the Sword, as well as the host of Locked On Cavs. Um, As well as you you do, Chris, you're on the the Fear the Sword network sometimes, right? Like not full time?
1: Yeah, we know David and I have the bottom, which we do sometimes. But David and I um, are both busy and you know the money's better other places. We're going to leave it at that.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. I I, I was going to say, I I checked it out last year. I hadn't this year and I've been very, very self-involved. Um, that's
1: fine. It's that's that's part of this. That's part of our our gig. You know, it's part of our gig is just like, a we're doing crap outside of work, and then we're like, oh, I'm just gonna see what I'm doing, and then you have to like make room for like the three other things you have time for. I
0: I like when I'm a dirtbag um, intentionally for the brand, but it's even better when it comes naturally. So, um, th- this is one of those instances where it's the latter. Uh, but Chris, really excited to have you here. Um, obviously. Cavs had a very, very tough-to-watch loss against the Indiana Pacers. The team continued to show a lot of fight, um, but just one of those typical games in Indiana where it just seems to be one of those places where um, uh, unless you live in the area and that's your only opportunity to watch the Cavs, never, ever go to the game there.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this and, and talking about this with some people who were, like, asking about this game ahead of the time if they were going to, like, play as well as they did you know, when they played, you know, Indiana last week Cleveland in Cleveland and won. Um, and, you know, no Miles Turner. So, like, that that's one thing that's taken away for the Cavs and, and for their favor, at least. Um, Indiana, just for whatever reason, and it's, like, it's the road environment, it's a tough place to play. It's, like, a, you know, it's, it's a well-coached team, all that stuff. They're just, like, r- really hard for young Cavs teams to beat. Um, you know, think about the Kyrie, Deion, Tristan, young era. Like, they just could never win in Indiana. I think it took until, like, year two of the LeBron era for them to like win a game in Indiana again. um, I don't remember exactly when that happened, but I remember like every guy, every reporter traveling with the team that year, like wrote the same story about like, wow, how that happened. Um, So it's interesting, you know, it's just, it's a really tough place to play. Indiana is like gritty and tough and real well coached. And they really mucked things up for the Cavs after that first quarter. Um, And the Cavs just like, as John Bieland said, kind of sarcastically in the post-game media, like, we set the NBA record for fewest number of passes in the second quarter. So, you know, it's, it's it's not what you want. It's it's really, truthfully, not even sarcastically, like not what you want.
0: Jesus, that is a uh, that is a stat that that's quite the pull for. I don't know uh, if Beeline. that's like
1: real. Like I haven't like fact checked John Beal <laughs> but like I would not be surprised if he was like keeping tabs. Um, well, you know, he had, like, here's a...
0: the thing: it, I don't think he's even looking at tracking data. I think he's going off his memory because he <laughs> was around. Right. <laughs> He was yeah. around for the first NBA game between Toronto and New York, and he, he's just got that photographic memory. Just um, keeping
1: like he, I bet he has like a little notepad in his pocket, just like slowly like like uh like just checking things off every time he like, comes out the court. right it down real quick, or like has like a like an intern just like keep the track of the number of passes. I need to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I mean it's a tough one. I mean, this is one of those games again. Cavs are, are missing a center with that second unit. John Henson ends as it being out means that they really don't have a backup center. Larry Nance is a power forward, and again. He kind of had those struggles when he's out there without a center. Tristan Thompson, foul trouble. Some of those calls were a little bit questionable. Garland had a tough game. But, you know, overall, I I think this Cavs team is still overachieving, especially when you look at the roster turnover and the number of young guys. Um, I, I think it's pretty hard to not be happy with the start of the season. But the big news of today is Dan Gilbert offering a contract extension to the to a general manager for the first time in his tenure with the Cavs took about 15 years, but Kobe Altman is now locked in as the general manager for the Cavs. What was your immediate reaction to that, Chris?
1: You know, I think on a, from my initial reaction was a little bit of surprise. It wasn't on my radar. Um, it wasn't something I was, you know, thinking about, I would say a ton just because, um, it hadn't really been kind of out there at all. There wasn't like a ton of kind of smoke about that being kind of out there. Um, I think he. I I had the feeling that he was you know kind of well trusted in that organization. I do think they are like trying to be more stable right now to their credit. Um, but it's like funny because you like see the cry on an ESPN and like I was working from home today like and I had ESPN on when this came through and like the on, on like Kobe Altman gets an extension. It's like the first gm who worked for Gilbert to get an extension like this is like honestly we need to build a plaque for this like we should make t-shirts or something someone should make a t-shirt like i'm sure some t-shirt company in cleveland already has because that's what they do <laughs> um like this is it's kind of crazy that it's the fact but it, it's i think it's a good move and i also think like just practically like he would have been a, he would have i believe his contract ended next summer Mm-hmm. I don't really, like, unless, like, unless there's no reason for me to think, like, he's not worth, like, just keep exploring this. I don't think, like, one contract for him, that three-year span is, like, enough to ride out sort of what he's building here. Because he had to pivot pretty quickly in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I think this is just kind of a no-brainer, even though it kind of came unexpectedly.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I've seen a few people mention um, with Gilbert's health problems as well. It's just a reality where he just isn't able to be as active and hands-on as he has been in the past. And uh, I know that's something in the past where people have been frustrated with him being hands-on. Um, but it has seemed like the last few years overall, um, I don't think that's necessarily really been an issue and the fact that, okay, so he's not able to be hands-on. So he has to delegate some tasks. The fact that he felt comfortable with Altman saying, okay, you know what? You've done enough at this point. I trust you. You're, you're going to, you're going to have the opportunity to kind of see out this rebuild. To me, that's encouraging. Like, I, I I do think that's a, a really good thing. Um, because at this point he, he's going to get the opportunity that Griff didn't necessarily have. And, Um, I've seen the sentiment that, oh, well, Griff never got the opportunity to really see out his plan. Well, at at the end of the day, a championship is the conclusion of a plan. I would have loved to keep Griff here. Um, But he he, he had the potential maybe to fail with this rebuild. And Kobe's going to have that potential to either pass or fail with this rebuild. But it's going to be in a traditional way. It's not going to get cut short by Gilbert, which has been what's happened in the past. And when there's been so many people that have been – including myself, really wanting to see some stability from this organization, operating like a normal team and allowing a general manager to execute his vision and pass or fail, that's a step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I think there's no question about that. And you just think about the who who's the architect of this Kev there? It's Kobe Altman. I mean if you just right. look at the you look at the draft picks, like the, the head coach was every story that was written about the John Bielan hiring was like that it was a Kobe Altman thing. Like this wasn't like a Dan Gilbert thing. This was like a Kobe Altman decision. Um, I believe that to be true. You look at how the roster shaped up. You know, Jetty Osmond, if you want to look at his first sort of entrance into our sort of Cavs lives, he was the guy that was like doing a lot of the work, going to Europe and like were conversing with Jetty and kind of keeping tabs on him. Um, mm-hmm. you look at you look at last year, he was away a lot scouting and you look at the contracts he signed with just the cap. Like he's built the cap and built their sheet like around the escalating contracts, having money to to commit to garland and sex and stuff so it's not really expensive like he's designed something here that is like there's a vision in place Mm -hmm. um and i i don't i don't think it would be a very cabs thing for them to pull it out from under him like now like that would have been the thing they would have done um and i don't i don't think we know if he's good or bad yet but i think like at the very least like they there's a vision there and i would like to just see another couple years of it before we can like deem him a success or a failure
0: I agree. And I think an important thing that you brought up there was just kind of the contract structuring, uh, even the trades. There's always these little details like uh, Nance's contract being front loaded along with Jetty's. Um, There's some creativity with the trades, which is something we saw with Griff as well as he navigated not really having a lot of assets or space. There's the same kind of approach with Altman. And to me, that it, it's an encouraging thing rather than when you just see a general manager that just signs guys straight up, like every transaction is straightforward by the books, they're, they're, there's no extra maneuvering. And sometimes, especially in the NBA, when the margins can be so thin, those little things can make a big difference. And, and it's an encouraging sign that he does that. Um, the other thing, I, I agree, him being involved in the scouting, uh, he was heavily involved with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. scouting um, and, and kind of getting a read on who he is as a character. Um, that That's encouraging. The other thing is everything he's done throughout his tenure has been from a position of weakness, like Kyrie Irving threatening to have season-ending inj- uh, knee surgery um, and demanding a way out. Okay. So he made a trade. It, the consensus was, hey, that was a good trade at the time. Didn't work out that way for a variety of reasons. We don't need to get into that. Um, but when it didn't work out, he flipped those guys for players that helped in the, immediately. And the consensus was, hey, good trade. Uh, LeBron left, flipped those veterans for expirings and picks turn those picks into windler kevin porter jr still has other expirings like he he keeps positioning and creating something out of nothing and adjusting on the fly when things aren't working out and to me that's encouraging
1: yeah i 100 agree with that and i think you just look at um you just look at the the way he's <clears throat> just the kind of approaching everything it's like th- losing like even if they they clearly i think you look back at the sex and pick and you clearly can say like okay you know, they clearly probably thought Colin sucks, or excuse me, that LeBron was going to leave. You look mm-hmm. at that and you think like they prepared for that. And then you look at how they just pivoted through last year. You know, like even something like the Kevin Love extension. Um, you know, you could view that as just like you want to make sure you have that asset to do something with. And like I think that you know, there's a better chance than not that he is around longer than I think people sort of think he will. But um, at least people outside of our little bubble think he will. But you think about. Right everything they've done, it's just been about how, how do you correctly pivot post LeBron and do so like in a way that actually makes sense. I, you know, last year, obviously they didn't make that that playoff push um, that they said they wanted to make. And then it kind of ends up being a pretty bleak season. But <laughs> do you pivoted correctly? It I, I can recall that. It was not, not a good time. Um, I, th- like, I think, I um, think anecdotally, like in our G check group for, for the fear of the sword staff, I think we've talked more about basketball, like in the last, like two weeks than we did for the last like three months of last season.
0: Uh, I don't know why you're narking, but continue.
1: I'm adding David, basically. <laughs> um, and I think you just like look at this and like you look at how they failed last time when LeBron left. It's just like they basically like can't do that again, and they can't like just have they. They basically are trying to not have to luck into success again, and because right. like LeBron is not going to come back and be a franchise savior again. There's like you can't like do the back channel recruiting and like mending the relationship and whatever you need to do to get him back and like win a title you Have to like actually build something, and I think like Kobe is you know, I think yeah, he's a disciple of David Griffin to some extent. Um, you know, he has that kind of this is sort of his background and his how he views the world, to my understanding. But I think also just like this is the way that like he he deserves a lot of the credit for actually actually implementing this. Um, you know, and I in actually being able to just kind of manage what has historically been for no matter if the GM's really good, if the GM's really bad, a really really tough job. Like this has not been like an uh, attractive GM job over the last several years.
0: Right. No, I, I agree. And I think I'm predisposed to liking this extension as well, because Altman appears at least to share a similar team building philosophy that I have. Um, you look at what Griff's doing in, with the Pelicans and great young core immediately. His first moves were to go out there and get veterans in Derek favors and JJ Reddick. Um, the Cats have seen to prioritize, at least for now, keeping love. They extended him. Uh, Tristan seems to be heavily involved with the team right now for the time that he's there, And them not panic trading those veterans and kind of leading to the, the situation that we saw um, with Kyrie and Dion, where there was just no vets around and it's just these young guys trying to figure things out that's never been something that's attractive to me. And I really like what they're doing. If there was a panic trade, uh, like a trading love, just a trade love kind of thing that would probably change my opinion. But the way that they've approached this rebuild so far, it's encouraging to me. Like you have a night like tonight where Garland can't get anything to fall. If you don't have those guys around, that's something that could maybe go on for a couple of weeks or, or like can just continued frustration. You have the support structure in place for these guys to learn winning habits, even if it necessarily isn't leading to winning basketball.
1: Yeah, I would agree that I, I would say too. you just look at um, you just sort of look at what the cabs sort of have to do right now it's like it's sort of just like build the whole identity and a culture and stuff and like that's something that's going to take a lot of time and they're going to be tests for kobe allman like i think anyone who's like concerned about him if you just look at like i think even next summer is like going to be a really interesting exercise because even if they trade some of these expiring contracts and they have some salary that you know we don't know about now locked in there they're going to have money to spend next summer on what is like a pretty bad free agency class um, yeah
0: and they kind of have to spend to some extent just to like hit the floor basically
1: well i mean you don't have to because you could just like disperse the money between the, like your salary and the floor to like the guys on the team which i'm sure like anyone on that team is going to like be comfortable getting like an extra couple million dollars you know anything. Right. like that like that would be <laughs> cool it's like a bonus for your team being trying to be like frugal um mm-hmm. but like you look at the you you look at the free and list it's just like okay, like I don't know how I feel about like any of these guys that are going to like probably want a lot of money. Um, You know, like I'm not interested in like a Bazemore or a Tyler Johnson. You know, the guys like Gallo and stuff are not really going to be in play. Jeff Teague obviously makes no sense. Evan Turner doesn't really make any sense. You know, we'll see what happens with Tristan. You know, if he if he keeps his play up, I think another contract is like much more tolerable than it would have been even last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look down this list, it's like the guys that are like most appealing are guys like – you know, um, former Cavs, uh, Joe Harris. Um, we'll see what's Brennan up. Brennan Ingram, maybe. Brennan Ingram's kind of yeah. the one where, like, does he throw a bunch of money that way if he keeps playing this way? Um,
0: Bogdanovich.
1: Yeah, Bogdanovich. Like, there's stuff you can do, but it's all stuff that's like, okay, like, if that doesn't work out and, like, Ingram goes Ingram goes somewhere else or goes to back to New Orleans and Bogdanovich goes, you know, somewhere else or whatever like how do you approach that and how do you approach the money do you rush into just spending it to spend it do you go like kind of big one-year deals for a veteran that you think can like be a stopgap to give you time to develop somebody like i think next summer is going to be like a real interesting pivot point um just because we're going to have a better view of what the roster is going to be we already sort of know auntie's isn't a part of that vision uh just there's no really way at this point you just look at everything that's going to be coming like this is like this is at the very least is going to allow us to see Kobe Altman see something through. Like that could change, but like, I have no, like, again, the Cavs are a weird organization. Um, Mm -hmm. But if they, if they stick with this, we're going to see something that will be unique to us looking at the Cavs. Like Justin, tell me if I'm wrong. I can't, I can't ever like name a time to you when I feel like the Cavs are going to try to build as coherently as they seem to be right now. I cannot name you a time since I like have been writing about the team and talking about the team and whatever, um, that they've tried to build this coherently? Like no, I don't even no, know the, the process sounds.
0: The process is yeah. sound. That's the thing. Even Bayline, okay, that, that may have been to some people an out-of-the-box hire, but the assistants were all really highly respected guys and and people that, that can assist along the way as he figures things out. Um, it, it's, it's been solid. Like I don't think Kobe has proven that he's a good general manager yet, but he's done a good job of asset accumulation. Um, and now kind of comes the hard part where – okay, Eve, you're going to take some good gambles that aren't going to work out. You're going to make some bad moves that randomly work out. You have to adjust to all that stuff on the fly. And I, I think it, it's just about giving him that opportunity and, and seeing where things go from there.
1: I think to just the process being something that they're actually like investing in is just also just like a really interesting pivot. Um, the LeBron and Eric are <laughs> no were like not a process group. They were just like, we're just going to get there and figure it out
0: right and and, like, and to their credit they did
1: yeah because you have LeBron James like you don't have that margin for error um like really ever again you know like it's just unlikely that you're ever going to get that and like and even just stuff this year like i don't know I don't have like a good read on sort of what Altman's sort of um, imprint on sort of who plays and who doesn't and what he thinks of some of these guys. I think he obviously likes the guys that they drafted, but like, I don't know, you know, I think Beeline like loves Dylan Windler, for instance. Like, I think that was like a, a, definitely like a John Beeline.
0: There's a, there's a lot of noise there that uh, not, not just him, but a lot of people seem to really like Windler, And I I don't know if you've heard my crazy prediction, but I think he makes an all rookie
1: team. Oh, I'm I'm here for the, the craziness. Let's go for it. Um Atta boy. But like you just you just look at you just like look at what's gonna be coming. It's like there are interesting even roster decisions this year about like how you manage things. Like you and I have already had like the, our group has already had like a debate about like what do you do with KPJ when Dylan Leonard gets back. Um mm-hmm. you know, like you saw tonight, like Matthew Delavendova doesn't play. Brandon Knight gets six minutes and it's just like he's back to the bench. Like, I don't know where the neck. I don't think we're gonna see Brandon Knight again for quite a while. Even though they clearly were trying to like boost his value by saying he was great in camp. Um, good job, Cats, trying to sell things. I appreciate. I, it.
0: I think you got to put him in a mystery box, but I I, I completely get what you're saying, and yeah. I think I think the thing with Kobe now is we're in wait and see mode. Like the the process is there, and time will tell whether or not that extension ends up looking good. Um, but I, Chris, the biggest thing to me though is that while it's going to take some time to find out whether or not this extension for kobe looks good it doesn't mean that our listeners have to wait to go out there and look good that's why our friends at harry's got you covered because humans have been shaving for thousands of years and the secret to a great shave it hasn't changed much the ancient greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles and neither do you that's why harry's doesn't overcharge you and to add gimmicky features to their razors they focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, easy glide at a low price. So do us a favor and check out harrys.com bluewire blue wire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 a blade and there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of the show can redeem the Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricate lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. Chris, are you on the Harry's wave yet? Because Carter yeah. and I got on the Harry's
1: Wave. I've been on the Harry's Wave. I'm also a big, big fan of the Harry. Uh, the Harry's Face Wash is wonderful. The Peppermint Face Wash is wonderful. Ooh. And the Harry's uh, Molding Gel also.
0: Look at that. What, what a veteran endorsement there. But we're not just shipping folks the best razors out there. We're also helping them with their shipping costs. That's why our friends at ShipStation got you covered. The Holiday Rush is coming. And if you sell your stuff online, you will... Get better, ready, quicker with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship your orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing your orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered on time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. Chris, ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. They even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now anyone can access... Same postage discounts that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know that you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time, with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of shipping this year. Let ShipStation handle it all with ease. Just use our offer code Blue to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free, no hassles, stress-free holiday shipping. Just go to shipstation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in blue. That's shipstation.com. Enter our offer code blue. Shipstation.com make ship happen. You gotta make it happen, Chris.
1: I'm gonna I'm now gonna make it happen.
0: <laughs> and and just to clarify, again, that is making ship happen. You you don't anything yeah. yeah, anything. I'm gonna make else, ship
1: happen. It's yeah. holiday season.
0: I mean, if I could ship myself to Cleveland tomorrow morning with ship station, I would. But unfortunately, I got to use a
1: plane. Yeah, you know, probably planes not always the most comfortable thing. (laughs) That's just tough hang.
0: That's true. You know what the nice thing is, though? Only a five hour commute. That's not bad at all.
1: Yeah. um... And,
0: And that's with a layover included in there. That's just that's just beautiful right there.
1: Yeah, you have an easy trip to, to Minneapolis and you get to come to Cleveland and um, anyone out there who thinks Cleveland's crap, F off. Cleveland's wonderful.
0: It is a wonderful place and I'm I'm very excited to show my wife it. And to all our listeners, if you see me wandering on the streets, I'm the big 6'2", awkward looking dude. Um like you're 6'2". This is,
1: this is a... Bu- oh, man. You're going to tower over me. This is terrible. Big bummer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm like 6'2", 215. I'm, I'm
1: <laughs> you're, I, middle, I, you're playing middle linebacker for the bronze on Sunday.
0: <laughs> I, w- I was an undersized center in high school, so oh. there, there you go. I was the go. Chuck Hayes, the stretch five Chuck Hayes. <laughs> um, <sighs> man, there is absolutely no natural transition here, so I'm just going to go with what what are kind of some of your thoughts about the Cavs so far this season? H- has your expectations changed at all after those first few games, or is there anything new that ha- you've kind of wanted to keep an eye on after seeing what this team is coming out of the gate?
1: So my thing that I feel like I'm most curious to see if it holds up is just like if they can remain competent because they are a little more – I don't know how you feel about this. They're a little bit more competent um, – than I thought mm-hmm. they are a little bit more like organized and put together and able to like, hang, like push through adversity a little bit than I would have guessed they would. Um, some of that I think is B-Lance coaching. I think he is a really good sort of tactician, a really good sort of organizer. It's something strength. I think JB Bickerstaff is doing a lot of work to make the defense like a little less of a disaster. Um, yeah. Like no was, kidding.
0: Am I like they're like, they're, they haven't played anyone great. Them. They haven't played anyone great offensively. Like Milwaukee's struggling a little bit too, um, but overall, man, like that's they they didn't look like this against bad teams last year. For, yeah, for like we,
1: yeah, we need to see if this lasts until like December before we're like, okay, the Cavs don't have like. Oh, I still think they're
0: going to be bottom three. I I think like bottom three from worst all time would be good growth. If they end up like mid twenties or even early twenties, like that would be absurd because they just don't have the defensive talent for that. Now, granted, here's the one thing uh, I will say: Um, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love only played nine games together. They've already played last season. They've already played five this year, Um, and they've been healthy for all five. Um, having those guys out there was always going to improve the defense. Kevin Love is a big defensive improvement from what they were trotting out last year and having Tristan Thompson healthy playing at center is an improvement from Nance. Also, here's a really big thing, Chris. Are you aware of my flight curse when it comes to Cleveland? I am not. Okay. So in 2013, uh, no, last year before LeBron came back, I booked a flight, and the game before I flew down, Kyrie tore his shoulder. I think it was against the Clippers. Um, and he wasn't able to play that week that I watched. The following year, the night before my flight, Kelly Olynyk pulls Kevin Love's arm out of its socket. So when 2016 came around, I said, you know what? I'm not going to fly down to Cleveland. I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to do it. And the Cavs won a title. So I've been very nervous to fly down again and everyone made it through this game healthy so i'm really really excited to go to do sunday's game against the mavericks
1: yeah last uh, you're also going to a good game because there's a very large um slovenian population in cleveland and they turned out for luca last year and i imagine they're going to do the same on sunday
0: oh that's pretty cool
1: it makes it really really cool um yeah
0: i'm going to be right by the uh, mavericks bench too so that that'll yeah, be you'll awesome. probably
1: get a lot of like crazy slovenians which is fun and there's lots of beer in the arena so you're gonna be good um Cavs defense, where do you think if I don't? I'm gonna. This is updated after the Cavs game tonight, and there are other games going on right now, so that could have this could change. Just mm-hmm. where do you think the Cavs defense is ranked right now? Um,
0: I think so. I'm cheating because I've been keeping an eye on this. I think they were at like 15th or 14th. They're
1: 15th. Um, they're still 15th right now um, 104.9. They're like, well, obviously, the Warriors are just like a, a big mess. Um, so is that factoring in
0: tonight's results?
1: uh a good third three and five on this wins and loss so i think so or two and three on this one three well then i
0: guess it would so 15 still
1: yeah 15 still um a little ahead of the spurs the nuggets the clippers um you know the warriors are our last in the league should they trade the 31 old super 31 year old superstar like i think we should at least talk about it just you know gotta trade when you can um
0: I, I, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to all my Delhi fans out there because even though Delhi hasn't been good this year, I do have Nance to loves, say
1: John Henson, or sorry, John Beeline, loves Matthew Labadova. Like, and I'm gonna Matthew say DeLavadova.
0: I think he's accurate that he can at least get them into their sets with that second unit, and that's where this game was lost. Like the the defense with the second unit was a problem. Larry Nance was not great there. Um, obviously, Kim Porter Jr. is still a foul machine. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, no one's gonna confuse him with a with. Patrick Beverly um, but they just didn't have guys to get out in their sets and they went on really really prolonged scoring droughts primarily with that second unit and that's something that Delhi has at least helped them even though he can't shoot at all at this point with his uh, remodeled shot um, it's still he, he's got them into their sets which is something they missed tonight.
1: He's a little uncomfortably washed. <laughs> he's like a little washed and that's that's an on, gonna be an ongoing thing to see how that navigates he's, i like i think he's, i still I think feel he's like he's good
0: Knight. to have i think oh, he's yeah. still good to have on in the locker room and in practice and um as a body but more than that it, it just gets it gets ugly in a hurry
1: yeah absolutely but you look at this team i just want to see if they can just kind of establish like some sort of consistency i think the offense it's 24th right now um, I want to see if that can take some kind of leap. It wasn't, you know, it really was bad in the second quarter of this game and, and it got better, but there's just some stuff where it's going to be bad. Um, and, I, and I think if you can maintain that competency, I think a lot of that is going to have to do with the health of Love and Thompson and, and, the, and, the, and the and their ability to sustain the level they've been at. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin Love is – been an absolute monster on the boards he's averaged he's had a double double the first five games one more that'll be a new franchise record Tristan had a double double every game up until he only scored seven points against the Pacers um, I think it's really reliant and if you want to lump an in there too just because I think he does do a lot of positive stuff I think their success is going to be those three guys maybe jetting the evening out you ride the Jordan Clarkson roller coaster a little bit and you're hoping that God, that Sexton keeps playing like he is and then you're hoping Garland gets more comfortable, and you're hoping Kevin Porter Jr. does some stuff, and you're hoping I think Dylan Windler's like, like at a level at least in terms. of I, I think his shooting is going to
0: help the second yeah. unit so much, yeah. man.
1: And then John, Henson, we'll see what happens with John Henson. Like there are there are guys that are going to come back. There are rotation stuff that's going to kind of get adjusted. And I, that'll be interesting to see how it works out. I would imagine we're going to see a lot of tinkering in the next, like, two months, you know, just a lot mm-hmm. of, like, stuff being shuffled around. But if you can just maintain this competency and, like, still be bad, so you keep your pick um, and, like, can take whomever you want next year It's like, four or whatever, I'm good with, like, if they can just be competent. But, we're, again, we, if they go through, like, a long losing streak, which probably will happen, I wonder what that, like, the what that means for line, how that affects him, how that affects the, the overall mood of the team. Because if this goes down mm-hmm. and like goes down like close to what it did last year, I wonder if they can perk back up. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. So one trend that's continued all season. So in this game, what would you, what would you guess for a net rating for the starting lineup
1: for this particular game, for
0: this one game, one game only in 14 minutes,
1: I would guess they were probably like, like a plus six or something like that.
0: Okay. So they were plus 26. Holy shit. They had a 110 rating and an
1: 84 D rating. Like That's like really good. And the, I think you and I, we were talking about this in our G checker, but like the two man lineups are like a little bad. Some of them, um, so I, it's the no, how that sorts itself out, I think, will be interesting. Just like does that well, line up that like, lineup has been good
0: in every single game. Like even right. against the Bucks, they were only outscored by one point. Every other game they've been good. They um for the season in in a very nice number of minutes, um, sixty-nine minutes, one ten oh rating, ninety-eight defensive rating, plus twelve net rating. Like that lineup has been good. It's all about figuring out the second unit. And that lineup has been good without Darius Garland playing well. Um, Jetty Osman, I, I think, has played really well overall this season. Um,
1: he's the plus. He's the on-off like all-star of this Cavs team.
0: Yeah, he's been great. Kevin's been great. Tristan's been great. Uh, Sexton's been really, really good. Like his his scoring wasn't great the first two games. Like his efficiency, um, but he's really picked it up and he's starting to to be the player that we want him to be. Like kind of that ideal little combo guard. Um, but yeah, they're, they're playing well without Garland figuring things out And Garland's still doing a good job overall of taking the right shots um, I think he was passing a little too much he, he lost confidence within this game It'll be interesting to see how he does back at home um, But young teams especially, they struggle on the road and, and that's a trend we're seeing right now The Cavs don't have a win on the road They're undefeated at home And I'm going to be interested to uh, witness firsthand these next two games
1: I'm asking you here's another little trivia thing for you. Um, For Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson in the two-man lineups, how many of their in their each individual their two-man groupings are positive? How many of them are like things that are actually right now like a net positive in however many minutes based on like their pairings with the other guys in the starting lineup?
0: Oh boy! Um, so, like, how many other players? Like yeah. When you so, like, so as like a third? there's gonna
1: be like for for like for each guy. There's so you have like Love and Sexton, Love and Garland, Love and Thompson, Love and Osmond. And then you have Tristan with like the same guys. There's like eight pairings there. How many of those eight pairings between Love and Tristan are positive? Three. <laughs> it's all of it's. It's all of them except for the ones with Garland.
0: Ah, well, there you go. So
1: Sexton and Thompson, for instance, um, are well. Take that back. Sexton and Thompson are a negative. I guess right that now. makes sense. That actually yeah. makes sense now. That I think, okay, but... so I'm sli- I was slightly incorrect. So Thompson and Love, plus 4.5 per hundred possessions. Osmond and Thompson plus 3.6. Garland and Thompson's minus 5.3, and then Garland and Sexton is minus 7.7. 7. So it's it's not as many as I thought. But um, then you look at Love Love's lineups. Him and Sexton, um, the most common one for them is it, that's plus 4.6. Garland and Love is a minus 10.2 love and thompson plus 4.5 as i said and then love and osmond is plus 14.7 um that's really really good that last one and like only three of those being negative and the ones that are negative are the ones that make sense to me because they're the bench units um they're the ones where like love is off the floor and you sort of like are relying on tristan to make runners as the offense and it gets a little complicated so um that all that all just really makes sense to me, like sort of what we sort of saw there in in the, the data in the five-man lineup being good with Garland being kind of the the the, the problem right now in those lineups being good, which is like a problem you'd expect to have. I think that's all good, and I think that's a that's a positive four game. This is only four games worth of data, but that's like a really interesting little note there.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and. um it'll be interesting to see how they'll, they hold up i picked them to win 27 games and to me in my mind that's factoring love trust in each mist- missing like 15 20 games so i think they're going to play better than that pace when those guys are in like i, I think when those two are healthy they make the rest of this team make sense and, and that's a big reason why i've advocated for keeping those guys so we'll, we'll see how that continues um chris I lied to you a little bit. I said that we were going to make this quick, but you and I, we just ended up having a good basketball conversation.
1: So that's, that, that's, that's, usually that's, I, that's it. I usually just ramble for a while. It's, fine. <laughs> it's good. I'm happy to do it. You,
0: no, no, it, it was, it was an absolute pleasure. It's always a good talk with you and really appreciate your time here. Filling in for my very absent co-host Carter, who it, it's going to be interesting when he tries to do a podcast without me next week considering that he probably hasn't watched a Cavs game yet this season um so we, we will see how he does Kevin Porter
1: Jr that guy huh that's all he's gonna say for like 30 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be what about him what about him what about him yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see who he chooses to fill in but
1: Is John Henson playing I don't know <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's going to have a lot of really strong hints and takes. Chris, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. I want to thank all our listeners as well. Um, I got heartbreaking news for anyone that's going to run into me. The Sexland shirt is being delivered tomorrow, so I will not have it in Cleveland. But you know what? There, there will be other opportunities uh, for everyone supporting the podcast. The best way you can do so is by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of our exclusive Discord chat, just send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we'll hit you up with the invite link there. Make sure you're also checking out Locked on Cavs with Chris, all of our stuff at Fear the Sword. Um, same thing goes there. Support review subscribe all of that good stuff it helps us grow uh so thanks again chris thanks to our listeners until next time go cats